0: On today's episode, we'll be talking about, is the government creating another housing bubble? If so, how do we fix it? Stay tuned. This is the Homes Real Estate Podcast. Hello, everybody. I am Peter Toring, and this is the Homes Real Estate Podcast, talking all things real estate. So we're responding today to a Wall Street Journal article written on June 1st by uh, Paul Kupiak and Edward Pinto about the government creates another housing bubble. To make a lot of good points here, I disagree with a couple of them, and we're going to address the things that both I agree with and I disagree with. So the first point is that uh, we're seeing the strongest growth we've had since 2005, which is, again, generally true here in Macomb County. About 60% of all U.S. metros saw an acceleration in the rate of prices Um, since mid-2012. Most markets, on average, are up 28%. Here in Macomb, we're actually up above that. We're about 45%. Uh, and entry-level homes being two hundred and fifty thousand under are actually up more than that. The problem is, home income, you know, household income has not kept up. So house in, household income has actually pretty much barely kept up with inflation. So that you have now a gap that's starting between income and home prices, which is not good. This can lead to more buyers being essentially priced out of the market. So. Uh, I, I kind of, I, I agree with, you know, the income. I also, I, I am seeing we now have more young buyers uh, almost than ever. Millennials are starting to buy homes in droves. We're also seeing a push to not be house poor. So we're seeing a lot of dual income families and they're not buying. And this is anecdote 11. I don't have a stat on this, but in my experience, home buyers are not purchasing the maximum uh, of what they're pre-qualified for. You know, they might be pre-qualified for $250,000. they are spending 170. You know, they, they saw what happened to their parents in 2008. They saw, you know, people overextending themselves and then losing homes in foreclosure. The estimate is as many as 10 million families losing their homes in foreclosure. Uh, and so they've I think the lesson has been learned here, and folks are not stretching themselves. Of course, there's always cases where uh, the vast majority of times it's student loans that are uh, tamping down their pre-approval amounts you know, a lot of folks are seeing I would rather buy a, a smaller, low maintenance home and have some money for the weekend to go out to dinner, to travel, or do whatever I want. So I don't know that I agree with them there. Their their problem here is the what they believe is the root is declining underwriting standards. So Freddie Mac, I know, announced I think back in April, an extension of its three uh, percent down payment. Uh, program. You've got conventional loans that are three percent. You've got RD, which is USDA backed, which is zero percent. Obviously, the VA loans are zero percent, and you have you know, fairly lax standards when it comes to gifts and things like that for down payments. Generally speaking, conventional. That being said, you know the government does tend to kind of set the standards for underwriting. Uh, you know they they back a significant portion of, of home purchase mortgages, uh, but I don't know that the standards are declining. Yes, they're declining from two years ago, but they're not declining from 10 years ago. The the standards are significantly more stringent than they were in 2005, 2006. We don't have the subprime loans. We don't have some of these seeing negative amortization schedules at closing uh, and and being trapped into these. So, So I don't know that that's particularly true. If you go back and listen... We have a, a podcast with Don Symington, who's a brilliant lender over at Mortgage One, and she really gets far more in-depth than I could ever understand as to the economic factors, uh, you know, kind of the mortgage climate that contributed to the housing bubble in the first place and the crash in the first place. So you have to remember we had a perfect storm of a housing boom, which we have now, subprime loans, which I, I think is arguable, and we had the job market fall out from underneath us. So we had the perfect storm creating the housing crash. So. This article here again uh, that they go through and looking at easy credit, that credit scores may go up again because, in some instances, you'll be able to uh, kind of expunge delinquent tax records um, when calculating credit scores. I think, again, this is. I don't know that this is going to affect a lot of people. I think the biggest, you know, kind of scourge on on credit scores is student loans or lack of credit. So I think this is not necessarily going to be uh, the huge problem that they, they say it's going to be. I also don't know. Yes, in some cases, borrowers are, they're arguing that borrowers are stretching themselves thin. I think that that's true in some cases. I think the real problem is buyers are ending up being more competitive they may make a more competitive offer on a home but I, I still think that even if they're going above asking and they're you know doing an appraisal guarantee or whatever crazy terms they're offering they're still staying within their means by doing so uh, I'm not seeing a lot of people that are stretching beyond their pre-approval amount or uh, you know or trying to you know finagle their pre-approval numbers to get more, more you know uh, and in fact I think people are offering above asking because they've got room in their pre-approval you know they might be able to, like I said, be approved for, you know, 250, they're offering on a 160 house. And so they say, Hey, I've got no problem offering 170. I've got all kinds of room. At least that's what's happening here. So, um, you know, I, there are a couple of the points they're making. Number one, that every conventional mortgage should have at least 5% down, that debt to income ratios on conventional loans should be 45%. And that loans on vacation and rental properties should not be guaranteed. And that FHAs should be minimum three three 3.5% down, which it is, uh, and should limit seller concessions, cash back from the buyer closing to 3%, and that debt can income there should be 50%. I'm gonna kind of address these in order. Number one, conventional loans being 5% down. I think this would preclude a, a huge portion of home buyers uh, from obtaining mortgages. You have a lot of folks that are coming out of school that are dual income houses that have got great jobs, but because of student loans and costs of college and everything else, they don't have a lot saved up. Uh, and and this, is, this is something that I see all the time. So I think that the low down payment programs are, are a, a very beneficial, especially to these folks that have got more college debt than any, any time in history, and, but they've still got good paying jobs. This can be a real help the debt to income ratios, I absolutely believe believe, and I still think that we are most of the time staying within that 45%. I'm not seeing a, you know, push of debt to income ratio. Uh, I don't think that, you know, guaranteed loans on vacation and rental properties is probably the thing that's going to push over the edge. Uh, but I'm not going to I don't have a huge opinion on that. So the on the FHA side, FHA is requiring three and a half percent down. This is already being done. You know, seller concessions right now are limited to six percent. Uh, they're pushing for three percent. I'll tell you this: the market is taking care of this. Seller concessions are not going to six percent. That's not happening in today's market. Certainly not in Michigan. I don't even know the last time I got seller concessions at three percent. We're asking. You know, we're offering over asking. We're giving guarantees. You know, we're doing all sorts of things, giving free occupancy. Uh, I think the seller concessions issue is kind of taking care of itself. And, you know, the appraisers have really been battling us. They're really taking into account concessions. They're taking into account, uh, you know, condition of the home. They're taking into account all sorts of things. And they're kind of keeping us a little bit stable. So, uh, you know, I don't know that homes are really being artificially inflated because of, uh, you know, concessions. It's less than in the last 12 months in Macomb Township, like less than... 12% 12% of, of, uh, I think it's even less than that. I got, I don't have the stat in front of me have been, have had any kind of concession and on an average sale price of, uh, these types of property in Macomb township, which is like hundred, 280,000, your average concession was, you know, le- it was about 1% was your average between one and 2%. So I really don't think that's what's causing the bubble. So they also push for you know debt to income ratio of 50% for FHA, which is what it is already. Um, and that uh, FHA cash out refinance refi, you know, should be done with, sure. So the I think I don't disagree that we're having another housing bubble. I think that they're making some really good points. The points that I disagree with are, number one, I, I'm not sure that some of these kind of niche issues are what's causing the housing bubble. I think the biggest thing today that's causing the housing bubble, I have two major points. And the major points, number one, Lack of available, affordable new new construction. There's very little construction being done. Let's call it two hundred and seventy-five thousand under, uh, and and that's causing kind of a, a pinch in the inventory. Number two is we have a lot of buyers competing for the same properties. You have first-time home buyers that are looking for small ranches or smaller homes that are affordable. You also have a lot of folks that are downsizing. Uh, Especially in Northern Macomb County, you have a lot of large homes, three, four thousand square feet, and your average move-up buyer, so second-time buyer, is not necessarily looking for that type of home. Uh, people are buying today smaller homes, less maintenance. They don't necessarily want the McMansions of fifteen years ago, and so you're seeing a, a, a large percentage of, of home buyers that are competing for a smaller percentage of homes. Also, cosmetic updates are more important than they've ever been to people, so. That kind of adds an additional element in. So I think that also low inventory begets low inventory. When you have a situation where sellers are looking at the market and saying, well, why should I sell my home if I don't think that reasonably I can find myself a new one? And I think that's a reasonable assumption. And I also think uh, that that's being addressed now in the form of contingencies. I think that people were afraid for a while to list their home contingent on them finding a new one, but we're seeing it all the time now. You know, A listing will say, uh, you know, sale is contingent on seller finding a suitable home. And, and it does cause a bit of a daisy chain if you have multiple sellers that are doing this. You know, It can be a little bit more complicated for us on the real estate side, but it certainly can happen. Now, my numbers kind of support me here you know, if you look at the inventory, it's been, you know, we had a, uh, just a complete inventory dump from 2000, like mid-2016 to 2017, kind of bumped back up here in, in kind of early-mid-2018 just a little bit, and then is kind of remaining stable since then, but, uh, the you know, the inventory being low is, like I said, I think it's a combination of a lot of things, and I think that if we could kind of eliminate the the Buyer fear of being in multiple offer situations and being in incredibly competitive offer situations. And we could also, you know, let homeowners have, uh, you know, a contingency on finding suitable housing. We could actually alleviate some of this inventory as, along with having affordable new construction homes. So, uh, you know, yes, prices are up. Uh, but if you look, you know, kind of long-term here, you look at the numbers, you know, the we're, it's, this is not anything that's, that's unprecedented. You know, the, the whole point of real estate is to have an appreciating investment. You know, so if you look at this, and if you look, let's say you looked, um, I don't know, even even 10 years back, you know, you look at the boom, we look at 2008. Um, I guess it's right after the boom there. You know, we're we're not even we're we're just slightly past where we were in t- even 2006, so this is not you know, anything that's unprecedented. And again, the thought is that you should be going up on a 45 degree line, and that the, the crash was a blip in that line. So to say, well, we've got a housing bubble because prices are up. Well, yeah, prices should be up. The real estate you know, market, as long as things are going well, we've got the strongest economy I think that we've you know seen in uh, what the j- May jobs numbers came out. And you know we've got some of the lowest unemployment since like the 1950s for certain groups of people. This is awesome. So uh, you know I wouldn't I wouldn't put a fear of a housing bubble on the numbers alone, but I would encourage you buy within your means. Uh, you know be careful on what you're offering. You know and 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 be productive and be strategic when you're offering on homes guys thanks so much for listening to my thoughts on these things we would love for you to subscribe the homes that's h-o-m-e-s like if you were in school and you saw the acronym for the great lakes Uh, real estate podcast that's on itunes google play soundcloud stitcher wherever you happen to find your podcasts also you can find me on facebook at home facebook.com slash home in macomb And if you have any questions, you can also call or text me, 586-747-4326. Would love to answer any of your real estate questions or put you in touch with a mortgage lender who can answer your mortgage questions. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time.